It is week three and the Cardinals are facing the Cowboys. What can we expect? Join me on this very early morning recording and not my own studio with my favorite guest, Cardinals beat reporter, Donnie Druin. Turn up your volume because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast with Kelly Sick. The sickest Arizona Cardinals podcast. It's going to be sick. Sick, sick, sick. And we're back. And I'm here with my bestie, better than the restie, Donnie Druin, Cardinals beat reporter. It is way too early for this, but hello. How are you? <laughs> Just for those tuning in, we are recording this at 7 a.m., and if you're watching this, it's apparent <laughs> that it's 7 a.m. Donnie um, does not have to deal with bedhead. No, no. Luckily, I keep things very short and almost like not military-esque, but I mean, the the very nice people at Great Clips take maybe 10 minutes to to give me uh, three on top and two on the sides. Um, that's what I took with my hair this morning, and it's clear. <laughs> Enough about mornings. I do have coffee. I'm trying to keep up the energy, Donnie. Keep up. Keep up. I got I got the uh, the Imani right here. I mean, I'm trying. Give me a couple minutes and I'll certainly get there. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. I'm so grateful for Donnie taking the time to come and chat with us on this fine Friday as we look ahead to week three, Cardinals versus cowboys at the nest and it's gonna be interesting because much of arizona have um tied their allegiance to the cowboys yeah and i mean that goes back to like my elementary school days before the cardinals were like established as a team in phoenix and you were just a cowboys fan that's how it was and that's how a lot of phoenix has remained so i feel like it's going to be a very interesting blend of people this weekend yeah so um much like you i feel like almost everybody not almost everybody but a good chunk of the population out here um grew up watching the cowboys on tv because like you said the cardinals were not really a thing here and the Cowboys were very, very prominent before, um, you know, the Cardinals got to Phoenix and eventually changed their name to Arizona. That's on top of the fact that Cowboys fans are everywhere, as is. I mean, I feel like you, you can't run anywhere across the country without running into a Cowboys fan. Um, they typically travel pretty good, too. So you you combine all of those factors, and I definitely expect State Farm Stadium to be Cowboys blue come Sunday. I um, have a feeling that you're right, and that's okay. Um, it's fine. It's fine. Because you know what's going to happen when the Cardinals do make a good play? I still think it's everyone's going to cheer. That, I don't know. That's just my vibe. So a bunch of pity cheers. <laughs> Not pity cheers. 
<laughs> oh my goodness. It is too early for this kind of laughter now that you're doing that. <laughs> well, we do have some um, reprieve from the Cowboys. I mean, from what I've been reading, Brandon Cooks probably will play. Um, I don't know if you've heard anything different, but they are missing huge news for the rest of the season. Uh, Trayvon Diggs, uh, cornerbacks, that's a huge hit for them. Yeah, and, um, you know, apparently towards the ACL during a one-on-one -on -one matchup during practice on Thursday, certainly something you really don't want to see, even if you're a Cardinals fan. You know, if you if you line up against one of the best teams in the league, you want to beat one of the best teams in the league when they're at full strength, right? Um, and Trevon Diggs is a very, very good player. I mean, he signed a five-year, $97 million extension in the offseason. Clearly, the Cowboys thought the same of him. Uh, moving forward, though, obviously the Cowboys defense will not be quite the same caliber, but I mean, you do kind of expect him to still maintain that high level of play. Stephon Gilmore, they signed in um, the offseason, still figures to be a pretty good corner for them. And then their their safety tandem of Malik Hooker and Jaron Curtis has played pretty well this year, too. That's on top of the phenomenal front seven featuring Micah Parsons and Demarcus Lawrence, among other names, too. So uh, Diggs is a very, very big blow. It'll be really interesting to see how they kind of navigate without him. But I I expect him to carry on business as usual whenever game time rolls around. I agree. I think it's it is a big blow, but just like you said, they're they're gonna carry on. They're gonna pick up. I feel like Diggs was more of a uh, interception master than necessarily uh, what we see out of Micah Parsons. Obviously, they play different roles. However, if the Cardinals plan on executing a run game they still have to deal with a very strong defensive line even without digs there because that's not where he's at <laughs> yeah I, I do think that's where things maybe get interesting on Sunday because with digs there you do have a, a more I don't want to say a lockdown corner but like a turnover machine right he's yeah. very very capable of seeking the ball and going to get it um, now more so because Marquise Brown is likely to get that Stephon Gilmore matchup. And guys like Rondo Moore and Michael Wilson are going to be a little bit more under the microscope in order to win those matchups to really test that Cowboys depth. Uh, because you figure the the Cardinals, their their main thing for the first two weeks has been, hey, let's establish the run with James Conner and try to get him going. And then hopefully the passing game open, opens up from that. With or without Trevon Diggs, that's going to be extremely difficult against the, the Dallas Cowboys front seven. Uh, but I mean, with the the hit to the depth now, I feel like Josh Jobs might be able to test him a little bit more than he might have earlier in the week whenever he was healthy. Speaking of, well, I won't get there. It was such a good transition. The Cardinals don't have very many injuries listed this week. Um, we do have uh, defensive linemen still out, uh, linebackers, offensive line, but limited practice, a couple of do not practices, a full practice. So we're not in terrible shape. No, no, not at all. Only four players on the injury report. Um, two of them, Carlos Watkins is one of them. Uh, I'm forgetting the other off the top of my head. Calvin Beecham practiced fully. And then um, I think Lecky Foto has yeah, been Fotu. limited, but he's still been out there as well. So um, we're talking about a Cardinals defense that was missing four starters on Sunday. Uh, two of them, LJ Collier and Buda Baker, are now on injured reserve and have to miss right. the next four games. So um, Josh Woods, Josh Woods, the, the inside linebacker, hasn't been there at practice. 
Um, he probably isn't trending towards playing. Um, so you'll likely see Chris Barnes opposite of Kaiser White in the middle. Um, it'll be really interesting. And, and I feel like I keep saying the word interesting um, to monitor how the Cardinals front seven kind of rotates and interchanges because the, the last two weeks, Nick Rouse has done a very, very good job of getting a multiple guys in the, in the defensive line. I think um, 14 and 13 were the number of people in the front seven to see at least double digit snaps. So uh, while the injuries are indeed very, very big, I mean, they've been rotating guys in and out constantly. So you don't have to worry about lack of game time or inexperience coming into play. Um, Dante Stills has been a, not a pleasant surprise, but he's played a, a little bit better than you'd expect out of a very late day three pick. Um, Kevin Strong is a name the Cardinals seem to like as well. So they they feel like they've got the guys and they're getting Lucky Fo two back. So we'll see how they kind of assemble the pieces to the puzzle come Sunday. Yeah, I think that's the one I was looking for to come back was Fo two. I think that's important. Um, it sucks that Buda Baker's on injured reserve, obviously. But if we can get the Cardinals of the first half <laughs> last week against the Giants, that would be amazing. Um, so fingers crossed for that. Josh Dobbs, if he plays as poorly as we saw in the second half of last week, could we see a swap mid game? Should we? Because I was like, what is happening here? Can we not get a fourth quarter Clayton Tune appearance? Um, I would be shocked if they switched quarterbacks midweek. And to be honest, Kelly, barring a very, very poor performance, and I mean extremely poor performance, I would expect Josh Dobbs to be the starter heading into week four in San Francisco. Um if you look at the numbers offensively, even after the very, very poor second half, I mean, the Cardinals almost doubled their yards per play. They cut down completely on on the turnovers. They put up 28 points compared to nine offensive points in week one. Um, it was there. Like, it, they were firing at all cylinders. It's just for whatever reason, I think a, a hefty, hefty mix of lack of coaching adjustments at halftime on top of Drew Petzing being extremely conservative in the second half, on top of the Cardinals not exactly being adventurous whenever distributing the ball, I think all of those kind of snowballed into each other and played into a very, very uh, poor second half for the Cardinals. I don't think all of that is on Josh Dobbs. Um, I would not expect to see Clayton Toon in week three. I would be a little bit surprised to see him in week four, barring a Nathan Peterman performance where he throws four interceptions in the first half. Okay. Why do you have to be so logical? God. I I come here to spit facts. <laughs> this is why we're a great team. Yes. Um well, you know, I just felt like, man, this couldn't get any worse. Can we just shake it up a little bit? That's how I felt as a fan watching at least. Um not that that has any sort of logic behind it, but that's where I was. Yeah, but if you do that, you also open up the door for potential conversations of Clayton Toon maybe starting this week, maybe Josh Dobbs starts this week. And I think the Cardinals are definitely trying to get a rapport uh, with the shot jobs in the offense. I mean, you, we saw when, whenever he finally had a week under his belt in the system with actual live reps, throwing to guys he's never thrown to before. After he got all of that out of the way, he did look a little bit better than week one. I'm not saying he looked like a Pro Bowl quarterback, he, but he did look better. He did look more confident, more settled in the pocket. It was nice to see him extend plays with his legs too. I know people who love Clayton Toon will love that about him and his athleticism. Josh Dobbs ran for a 23-yard touchdown and mowed somebody over to get there too. 
Um, you know, I'm, I'm not saying Dobbs is Patrick Mahomes by any stretch of the imagination, but uh, he was brought in for his familiarity. And the, the hope is, is that that experience on top of his familiarity um, can lead Arizona to some success. And to be fair, the Cardinals, if you're a betting person, have covered the, the last two weeks. And I mean, they've had double digit leads in the third quarter, too. So they haven't exactly been blown out by any stretch of the imagination. Mm-hmm. They've played very, very good defense. They're trying to establish the run. And I think that's the most you can ask for when you have a quarterback like Dobbs, who, by the way, whenever he starts on Sunday, will make his first three-game stretch of starting in his career, and he was drafted in 2017. Holy smokes. I don't know if that's something to celebrate, but... That is not. (laughs) (laughs) It's not. (laughs) Um, One thing... Shoot. Oh, yes. You mentioned betting. Um, I have noticed because I play a lot of daily fantasy. I do a lot of prop betting, uh, write about daily fantasy. And I have noticed that a lot of DFS managers are staying away from Cowboys players. The roster ship is quite low. Um, Dak Prescott's roster ship is quite low and maybe like the four to six percent range um, on DraftKings because I think it's going up against the Cardinals defense that it is so iffy people are like are they actually really a good defense what is happening oh my gosh I'm not sure if I want to take that risk and they're going with a less risky quarterback in their DFS lineup so I kind of find a little joy in that yeah that is interesting and I was looking at their numbers and I mean besides CD Lamb who like really hasn't put up monster numbers this year um a very lackluster Cowboys receiving core I mean Tony Pollard is the second leading receiver um, I don't think Brandon Cooks played one of the two weeks, so his numbers are down. Michael Gallup, I think, has maybe like two targets to his name. Um, Tony Pollard is very, very good on the ground. I'm not sure what his price tag is on DFS. And to be it's, honest, you, you look it's at the pricey. The, it's very pricey, it? and the ownership is quite high. But it's because he is super trendy. But when you compare it to like Dak Prescott, I think. Fans are worried. DFS fans are worried. He could get the sack. He could be stopped. Um, it's interesting. Yeah, and after two games, you know, I don't think Dak has turned the ball over quite yet. But maybe people are assuming that one game he'll regress to the mean, and maybe that could come against the Cardinals. Um, and also, you look at the the forty to zero win they had over the New York Giants. They had a handful of like defensive touchdowns in that game, so it's not exactly like. Dak Prescott went out there and just went crazy, right? But, like, on the other side of that coin, Dak has played a very, very good football up to this point. It seems like they're a very balanced offense, and I certainly think the Cardinals do have their hands full whenever they enter the State Farm Stadium. Yeah. When it comes to betting, there are just less risky uh, quarterback options for people, but I find a little joy in that, and that's the only kind of uh, logic that I find in it is that, you know, there's just that wild card of a defense floating around out there in the NFL (laughs) well it it seems like more than anything the Cardinals are going to play good defense Um, and I know that sounds weird whenever they allowed 31 points in in the second half but they were on the field a lot their offense did not help them they were definitely gassed here in the fourth quarter whenever the Giants were just mouthing drive after drive on them um, and we saw them week one too I mean they're going to fly around they're going to hit you they can definitely get after the quarterback I know the Cowboys lead the NFL in sacks with 10. The Cardinals are right there at nine. 
Um, so they can definitely get after it. Dennis Gardeck is having a, a really, really strong start to the season. So um, not a terrible defense in Arizona at all. That's definitely something you like to see with Nick Rallis and Jonathan Gannon as well. So I, I hate saying this. I don't anticipate a win, but I hope that it's a fun game. And if we win, that would be amazing and fun. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I don't know. Um, Vegas seems to know a little bit more about football than I do. And they have the Cardinals as the uh, the second worst spread in the NFL. I, I think it was at 12 and a half and went to 11 and a half. Then it went back to 12 and a half. I would be shocked if the Cardinals won this game. I, I would genuinely be shocked okay. if the Cardinals won this game on Sunday. Me too. I just hope for some entertainment. I mean, isn't that why we go to football games is to have fun and be entertained? That's one reason. <laughs> Are you not entertained? I don't know. That's all I ever think of. <laughs> Let's I have one. What was that? I love 300. <laughs> was that a good impression? Yes. <laughs> I should start the show out with that. <laughs> Give us one uh, more piece of info. I know you have a super busy day. You're covering suns starting to come out with basketball. You've got Cardinals and I am ever in your debt for this. Uh, Kyler Murray has been on social media looking like the quad father out there flexing (laughs) those legs. What's new in Kyler Murray's world? He's making it clear that he's not tanking. He intends to play. He supports his team. What's new? That was the the really funny thing whenever a handful of people in the national media were like, oh, the Cardinals, they fully intend on tanking. Um, Which, by the way, I mean, just to make it very, very clear, head coaches and their coaching staff and their players do not tank. Because if they play poorly, they're going to get cut and they cannot afford to put right. food on their family's plate. Let's just get out there right now. So like this team is actively not tanking. General managers can shift a couple of pieces to the puzzle to make it where they're not going to be super competitive to try to get a better pick. But whole different discussion. Kyler Murray, whenever people were like, hey, Kyler Murray is not going to play. All of us here in Arizona were like, well, why would he be pushing so hard to get back? Kyler Murray to the core is a very competitive person. He wants to be out there on the field. And I think he should want to be out there on the field. It benefits all parties involved. If Kyler Murray returns here in 2023, whether that's for Kyler to prove himself as Arizona's franchise quarterback and wash away any potential talk of Caleb Williams or Drake may or whoever it might be. And on the other side of the coin, too, if you're the Cardinals, you are going to need Kyler to prove, if you do want to trade him, that he has trade value and that can only come if he's on the field, healthy, and productive. So it's just, for all parties involved, it did not make sense for him to sit. Uh, He's very much working his way back. I can tell you right now at practice, he is outside rehabbing extremely hard every single day we are out there. He's eligible to come back or after week five, since he was placed on pup, he had to miss the first four games of the season. He's going to need a handful of weeks of practice to really kind of get his feet settled. So like everybody around here seems to think like week seven, week eight, somewhere around that area is kind of a more realistic landing spot for Kyler, but I definitely expect him to be back this year. Yeah. I think early on, I'm trying to think if I said anything damning, I think that it was more about, this is a bad injury. And that was early on. And it's like, this could take a year of rehab, depending on the seriousness of this injury. 
that's looking like playoffs time. So the fact that he's going to potentially make it back mid-season, like on the later half of mid-season, is super exciting to the fan base health-wise, trade-wise. I think the only rumors, you know, that I may have entertained could have been around there could have already been a trade talk in play and that they don't want to damage him by putting him out on the field if this was already something in motion um but man he has been so inspiring and to see him come back I think is going to be a shot in the arm for the entire fan base you certainly hope so and you can make an argument the Cardinals are 2-0 right now if Kyler Murray is healthy and under center I mean I think so they've played a lot better football than a lot of people have anticipated and Kyler Murray to his core, and I, and I really want people to take this in, digest it. Kyler is a good person. Nobody yeah. should hate Kyler Murray. Nobody should root against Kyler Murray. I know there's a lot of outside narratives about him. Kyler Murray is a very good person. I've enjoyed my interactions with him. He wants to win. More, yeah. I promise you, more than anybody else in that locker room, Kyler Murray wants to win. That is somebody who has never lost in his life. Didn't lose in high school, didn't lose in college, came to a losing organization. He does not want to lose at all, I promise you. So any losses under his guidance, it, it is not intentional. He wants to win. He wants to be out there. But to touch on the point that you made, the Cardinals are definitely going to take their time with this because the last thing you want is to try to rush him back and then him further injure himself. I agree. At the end of the day, it's an asset to the team and we tr- they are people first. And I and I hope that everybody realized their assets second, but it's still there. It's a commodity and they can't afford to have him re-injured by any means, whether it's the future with the Cardinals or the future somewhere else as a commodity. They definitely can't afford more injury, but his spirit alone and his social posts. And I think it's been really exciting. Yeah, no, he's definitely been working his way back. He wants to be out there. And I think you put it best. I think he's definitely going to be a shot in the arm for this Cardinals team if and when he does return. Donnie, thank you so much for this early morning chat. I can't tell you how much I appreciate you. Go out there and do all the work that you do. People, you want to see all the work that this man does? Follow him on the app, formerly known as X, at Donnie Druin with an I-E, not a Y. Thank you. Donnie Druin. Cardinals beat reporter for SI.com. <laughs> Thanks. Oh, you know what? Do you have anything going on that you want to share with us? No. <laughs> well, I, I, I just go to work every day. That's what I do. Go to work every day and write all the good stuff. Yeah, I'm working nine to five like Dolly. Well, I will see everybody again next week. Uh, Monday, I put out the recap. What this is not a blog post. This is a podcast. You can find me on the app formerly known as Twitter at Kelly and Phoenix. And until then, I don't know. See you later. Bye. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the sick podcast with Kelly Singh on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.